Here we go. Welcome to the Transform with Travel podcast, where we share stories of personal transformation and life lessons through our experiences of traveling and exploring the world. Travel is the ultimate accelerator for personal growth, and it can be the root catalyst for the pivots and plot twists we make in our lives. I'm your host, Kelly Tolliday, and it's my mission to inspire you to live life to its fullest, travel with an open mind and heart, and let the world show you a new perspective. I'm so grateful you're here with us today, so let's dive right in. Happy exploring. All right, here we go. Hello. Thank you so, so, so much for tuning in today, for being a friend of the pod. If you have not already, I would just love so, so much to just for you to press pause on this episode and go rate and review the podcast if you can at the start of the year. Do some good. Show a little love. We are growing with the podcast and having so many amazing conversations with guests. And in order to continue to do that, we need to be able to show to all the amazing people who want to become a part of the podcast that there's people out there who love it just like you. So please just take three seconds to rate the podcast, review the podcast, share it with somebody that you love. It would just mean so, so, so much to me, especially as we start off the new year. So as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I'm going to be doing short stories of our travels over the last 10, 15 years, or perhaps even longer than that. And really being able to showcase a little bit of our own personal experiences. And by our, I'm talking about me and my husband, but of course I have stories before I met my husband as well. And so today's episode is really a deep dive into our experience teaching English in Thailand. I did a poll a couple of weeks ago about what is the travel experience that people want to hear most about. And it was overwhelmingly towards this teaching English in Thailand experience. And so here we go. (laughs) Back after we finished teaching English in Thailand, I actually wrote a whole blog post about what it was really, really like, like the real, real on on teaching English in Thailand or being just a teacher, just working in general over there. And although the experience I can look back on was positive, there are definitely things that could be red flags for people listening who are interested. So I just want to be able to share the most honest, you know, review of what it was like. This was also over eight years ago at this stage. So my memory might be a little fuzzy on certain things, but I'm just going to do the best that I can. I'm actually logged into my Facebook and I'm looking at my album from that year that we were there. And I'm actually using the photos as kind of guiding points of our experience, which is super helpful because there are things that I totally forgot happened. So Thank you, old Kelly, for posting 306 pictures (laughs) to a Facebook album. Okay, so the story starts towards the beginning of 2015. We were getting towards the end of my working holiday visa in Australia, and we had to make a decision. Do I find a job that will sponsor me to stay longer in Australia? Do we go through the partner visa process so we can stay longer in Australia? Or do we figure out another way? Do we open our open ourselves up to a different possibility? So before we decided whether we were going to settle in Australia or settle in the US, we really wanted to explore more. And I had a friend, a, a very, very good friend of mine at the time, currently teaching English in Bangkok. And so she had a great experience. She loved it. She was also an education major in college. So this was part of her career path and building her resume. And Sam actually had just graduated uni with an education degree as well. So that was going to be an easy slot in for him. And she gave us some contacts at her school, which is a really prestigious school in Bangkok. 
to apply. And then we also got in contact with another school that was in the south of Thailand in Surat Thani. And we were kind of talking to both schools and figuring out which was going to be the best option for us. So we got we both got a job offer at the school, the private school down in Surat Thani, and which was great because I didn't have any teaching background apart from being a certified swim instructor for kids and doing a lot of work at summer camps and stuff like that. I didn't have an education degree or anything like that. And the more prestigious school up in Bangkok really was requiring that. They were trying to work through some hoops so that we could both be there. And I was probably going to work more on like marketing for them. But it just ended up that we both got job offers that we really loved in Southern Thailand, which is amazing because we are really not city people. And I, I think living in Bangkok over a long period of time probably would have worn on us. And the great thing about this job was that they were offering 30 plus days of PTO. They were okay with us leaving for three weeks in, in August of that year to go to Columbia for Sam's brother's wedding. They said, we've got 30 days of PTO, 20 days of sick leave, all this flexibility. We could take off when we want, work our hours when we want. And it was really like, wow, this is amazing. They were going to offer us a place to stay. There's a bunch of teachers in the program. So it's kind of like a community. And we thought, wow, this is incredible. The pay was pretty good. So we decided to go for it. And we told our parents that we were going to go teach English. And luckily, my best friend who was already in Thailand, our moms are best friends. So it was kind of like my friend had laid the groundwork of this being a a path to take. <laughs> like it wasn't totally foreign because we already knew my friend Haley was over there. And so we told our parents, we got everything packed up. Sam actually went directly from Australia to Thailand so he could train for a month at a famous Muay Thai and fitness camp called Tiger Muay Thai in Phuket. And I decided to go home because I had been living in Australia for almost a year. I went home for a couple weeks just to reconnect with friends, with family, get grounded get my you know, life together, do all the doctor's appointments, all the things. And so I met Sam probably about three or so weeks later in Phuket. I trained with him in Phuket for a week or two. And then we had to go to Penang, Malaysia to get our teacher visa for Thailand. So we had to be out of the country in order to get our working visa for Thailand. So we went down to Penang, Malaysia, whole other podcast episode on, on that city. We almost got completely lost and stuck in the middle of the jungle in a national park in Penang, they almost closed the gates on us. It was it was crazy. But anyways, I digress. We got our teaching visa, our working visa in Penang, and then we flew from Penang over to the Suratani Airport on the east coast of southern Thailand. It's kind of the port or the village where you would take a ferry over to Koh Samui, Koh Penang, or Koh Tao, those the three islands on the east coast. And so it kind of seemed like a really good jumping off point for us because we were like, oh, you know, we're right next to the islands and some of the best diving in the world is on Koh Tao. There's great beaches. This is going to be awesome. And so we arrive in Suratani and they take us to our house and it is a complete and utter shit show. Like there is just bugs everywhere. There's candle wax all over the bed. So yuck, gross. There's wrappers of all sorts of things that I'm not going to talk about <laughs> on the podcast, but you can just kind of set, you know, use your imagination here. It like barely any running water in the shower. It was just disgusting. And we were like, this is not what we signed up for. We don't need prim and proper five star, but we do need to feel like we can feel clean. And this can be a safe, this can be like a safe space for us. And it just totally did not feel like a safe space for us. 
And the couple that we were supposed to share the house with also felt the same. So within a couple days, they were able to find a brand new built apartment block that was, you know, super clean, super modern, huge bed, all the, it was, it was like, it was a perfect spot for us. It was a little bit farther away from the school, but that was totally fine for us. And it was a little bit more expensive. So we had to pay the difference. Again, we were fine with that. So us and a couple other friends that had moved out of the really gross houses were living really relatively close together in this little farther away suburb. And so we became really good friends through that process of kind of moving. And it's kind of interesting because Sam is the type of guy who will not if he feels like he's been slighted or if he feels like it's not the level to which he would expect that he won't stop. Like he will just make sure that he gets exactly what he thinks he deserves, which is a quality that I really admire because I'm more of like the shh, like just don't ruffle the feathers. Like this is fine. We can make this work. Like let's just like push through it. And he's more like, no, it's we need we need what we need. And I really appreciate that because I probably would have just like slummed it for (laughs) the next year and not been very happy. So we found a new place. We were feeling more settled. We started training. Training was about eight, 10 days where they went through their curriculum. The school did. We were learning a little bit of Thai. We learned, you know, for those of us that didn't have proper education backgrounds, they really went through what it was like to build a lesson plan, what it's like to keep the flow of a classroom. And so that was a really important training for me, just as somebody who facilitates experiences and particularly educational experiences within the yoga and wellness framework, really learning the formal way of building a lesson plan. This episode is brought to you by Child & Company. Child & Company is South Florida's first family-friendly office space featuring private offices, a professional content creation studio, and childcare for hybrid work and work-from-home parents located in Boca Raton. Child & Company is founded on the belief that you shouldn't have to choose between raising a family and being career-driven. Their core mission is to create an environment where family and work can exist in harmony. The best part to me as a mom is that you can pop in and breastfeed your baby or have lunch with your toddler if you like, and then pop back into your office for your Zoom meeting, which I think is so key, especially for newborn moms going back to work. It's the perfect transition from emerging out of the newborn bubble and getting back to the business you love. Child & Company provides you the flexibility to work in a beautifully designed, ergonomic private office with insanely good Wi-Fi connection and soundproofing while just being steps away from your child. They have monthly themes that they base their lessons on, like exploring the animals of the Amazon, which I obviously love when children get opportunities to learn more about the world and build a sense of curiosity. Child & Company offers weekly and monthly classes and events like some beanie, music class for babies, mindful cooking for toddlers, big kid yoga, and mindful mama community events, and so much more. I've been a member since February 2023, utilizing their private offices and their professional content creation studio. Child & Company is where all of the magic happens for this podcast. Their beautiful recording studio is soundproofed with state-of-the-art equipment, microphones, lighting, and cameras. So you can record your podcast, course content, meditation clips, and anything else you might want to record for your business. The Child & Company team truly feels like family. They are an extension of my team over here at Rising Nature Retreats and the Transform with Travel podcast, as well as an extension of my own family. If you're local to Palm Beach and Broward County, do yourself a favor and check out Child and Company. Visit www.childandcompany.com or head over to Instagram at Child and Company. <laughs> 
And so during this training, we had a couple days off here and there. And so during the process of us getting our apartment, we also got ourselves settled with a motorbike. And with the motorbike, we were able to go all over the area. We're all over to go all over Southern Thailand. And so during our breaks, our couple days here and there, not just our school, but then schools in the neighboring area, the Catholic school, the private school, the, you know, all the different types of schools, there's, you know, hundreds of expat foreigner teachers coming in to teach English. And so we all met at this local spot in Kanam, which was about a 45 minute drive south of where we were living on the beach. And there was this beautiful, amazing, like just hole in the wall shack on the beach type vibes, but there was little individual bungalows all around it. And it was called John Bay. And at John Bay, that's where all the teachers from this whole area would flee down to the beach and we would just spend the whole weekend together getting to know each other. There's singing, there's my open mics, there's obviously the drinking and all the things going on. There's a beach. And so it was a really like community vibe. You get onto John Bay and you can immediately just relax and meet new friends. And it was a really fun experience to be able to feel as if you were a part of a community in such a foreign land. So we started the school year and I was doing kindergarten or first grade maybe and also sixth grade, which was wild. And then Sam, because he's Australian, he actually wasn't allowed to teach pre-K or kindergarten because they didn't want the kids when they were forming their English accents, they didn't want them to be emulating an Australian accent, which is hysterical. So he was teaching like first, second, third grade. And honestly, I think one of the biggest things that is such a misconception about teaching English in Thailand is that it's kind of a fluff job. This was the real deal. You were working from about 7.30 or 8 a.m. all the way till five. A lot of us went to the tutor center after school where we tutored the kids after school up until 8 p.m. It was really long hours. It was a lot harder than I thought. The kids just wanted like nothing to do with you. They had fun, of course, with you, but they couldn't really understand what we were saying. We couldn't understand them. It was just, it was a lot harder than I expected it to be. Of, of course, also, these are five, six, seven-year-olds. They're acting like five, six, seven-year-olds. It's a tough job to get all of their attention. There's like 25 to 30 kids in these classrooms. So all of this to say is if you're taking or thinking about taking a job to teach English in Thailand, it is a real job. You are working long hours. You are the same amount of exhausted as you would be teaching kids in the U.S. or where your home country is. It is oftentimes even harder because you're trying to navigate these language barriers and you're coming up with these lesson plans all on your own and trying to instill some form of discipline, but you're also not their real teacher. And so it's 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 tricky. Of course, you can teach English in Thailand as a way to make money and live in a new country and have that experience. But you need to know that that is something that it, it will be hard. Like it is a challenging, I thought it was a challenging job for sure. And so I think it definitely helped more when the people taking the jobs had some sort of career path in the education space because it felt like more of a stepping stone Whereas for Sam and I, Sam had already decided months before, six months before that education probably wouldn't be the route that he would go down for a long-term career. So for both of us, it was a way for us to live in Thailand, but it wasn't really part of our career path. And I think because we didn't have that full passion to educate and to be like a guiding light for these kids, our romanticized vision of what this might look like quickly faded because of the amount of hours that they put us through. It wasn't necessarily like volunteer to teach after school. It was like, no, this is your schedule. You're teaching 
a full day at school and then you're going to go teach these tutor sessions. And I think those like long hours kind of got to us over a little bit of time. There was some issues with some of the staff, like the admin staff, where what they said didn't match up to what we were getting in terms of benefits. I'll get to that in a little bit. But Overall, it was a really cool experience to learn more about the culture in such an intimate way. It's not just observing it from afar. We actually were day in, day out with Thai children and really seeing what it's like to to be a Thai kid. Like we just, we were there with them every step of the way. This episode is sponsored by Rising Nature Retreats. Are you feeling called to explore the world, tick off your bucket list and make lifelong friends along the way? Are you overwhelmed from planning the logistics of your trips or sick of feeling like you need a vacation from your vacation when you return home? Rising Nature Retreats offers world-class travel experiences infused with daily yoga and wellness, personal development workshops, unique adventure and cultural excursions, and holistic local cuisines. Experience the world as you elevate your wellness. Return home feeling rejuvenated and empowered to bring what you learn about other cultures and about yourself back home with you. This is the adventure you've been waiting for. Join us in 2024 to explore Thailand, Portugal, or Greece. Visit risingnatureretreats.com or at risingnatureretreats on Instagram and Facebook for all the brochures and information on upcoming international retreats and local classes and events in South Florida. And so of course, there's some funny moments and just laughing and smiling and just looking at these kids like, oh my God, what am I doing here? <laughs> but I definitely had like a breaking point moment in in the sixth grade classroom. There was a group of boys who were particularly mean. <laughs> and anyone who has direct contact with a sixth grade boy will know what I'm talking about. And they just ha- pretty much harassed me. Nothing weird, just not listening, throwing things in class, screen, you know, just being nuisances. And I just left the classroom in the middle of class and just basically like was crying outside. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. This is crazy. And of course, me being me, just like pick myself back up and said, nope, you're not quitting. Just keep moving on. So there were definitely like high highs and low lows. But the thing that kept us wanting to move forward was these amazing, amazing friends that we made through this process. We our friends from Canada, our friends from England, our friends from Ireland. And we became so close because we're working side by side day in and day out. We're also eating all of our lunches together and we're having dinners together and we're going on trips together. And so the trips I've already mentioned, of course, going down to Kanam to John Bay, which was just so cool because Kanam isn't on the typical backpackers route. It's really like a, a teacher's vacation or a local's vacation. So those were some of the best weekends, just hanging around the fire, doing an open mic, just people hanging out, motorbiking around the area. We also went to Khao Sok, which I believe is probably about an hour motorbike ride from where we were staying, maybe an hour and a half. And Khao Sok is hands down one of the most beautiful places in Thailand that we've ever been. It's one of the largest national parks in Thailand, and it's also the oldest evergreen rainforest in Thailand. So it's just stunning. There's these massive karst mountains and it's a beautiful lagoon that you take a long tail boat and you drive around the lagoons and we went into caves and we jumped off cliffs and you can actually stay in these little huts on the water. 
We were staying at a nature reserve a little bit farther away, but that was such a fun trip. And actually, this is really disgusting. But on the way home from that trip, we were living in Thailand during monsoon season. So we were very used to driving on our motorbikes and complete downpours. But we were driving in our motorbikes. We had to put our ponchos on while we were driving. It's a very common sight in Thailand is having your poncho ready at any given time because there might be a downpour at any given time. And we're driving kind of caravan style with three of our three or four motorbikes in a row. And all of a sudden, we feel that there's rain, but all of a sudden we feel that there's a lot of it. And we're like, what is going on? And we get really close to this truck and we notice that there's like a hundred pigs in the back of this truck. And we realize that what we've been pelted in the face with was not rain. It was actually poop from the pigs. So that was disgusting. We all pulled over. We like cleaned ourselves off as best as we could. And then we kept moving on. But those are things that happen in Thailand. You get pig shit all over you. (laughs) Or some of the like sadder things is definitely seeing some really horrific car accidents and wearing seatbelts is not common practice back back then when we were there in Thailand. So we'd see some pretty horrific accidents and it definitely... Definitely put things in perspective for us for just like trying to drive as safe as possible and always wearing always wearing long sleeves and long pants when we're on the motorbike to prevent road rash. I'll talk about a little accident later on. But another awesome trip that we took was as a we had a long weekend with a bunch of the teachers. And so we decided to drive from the east coast of Thailand all the way over to the west coast of Thailand. So we went from Surat Thani all the way to Krabi. And that was a really long drive. I think there was a couple pop tires. We had to push our motorbike for, you know, a couple miles to get to the closest mechanic. I think when we got close enough to town, somebody's motorbike completely melted down and we had to call the director of the school to come pick us up. Like shit like that happened all the time. And we just rolled with it and just it was just wild. Like we're on the side of the road on this highway in Thailand with a broken tire and all these, you know, foreigners just or what were they called, Farang in Thailand, in Thai. But it's just, you know, those types of experiences made the made the experience fuller for us. And it made us want to stick with the job the longest that we could. We had our favorite spots to eat. There was this one restaurant that was on street number eight. So they called it Soy 8 because Soy means street in Thai. And so we would always go to Soy 8 and we would have our have our dinners and they would know what we would order and we'd see our students out eating. And from there, then we'd go out to some some other teacher's house for a party and we just would kind of bounce around to people's houses. And then we'd go back to that same restaurant at 2 a.m. to get, you know, another thing of curry or another thing of rice. And it just was a really beautiful experience to feel as if we were part of the culture, that we were part of the town. We had our favorite fruit stall. We would go to the mall together. We had our favorite live music places. We made friends with local Thai people who lived in the area. And so we actually, they would let us know, hey, there's a cool party here. There's live music there. And so that was a really beautiful part of the experience. We would all meet up at the local track field and do hit classes together. Like I would actually build out programming for a hit class, which is hysterical. And we would exercise together. And we even got in motorbike accidents together, like crazy wild stories. My husband and I were driving down the street. I had just picked up a bottle of rum for a party we were supposed to go to that night. We were driving down the street. We were making a right-hand turn. And this guy decided to overtake us, but overtake us on the right side. And he was speeding down on a motorbike. And as we were turning very slowly, he sped by us on the inside of us. 
and he clipped our front tire and he went flying over his handlebars. And I don't really know exactly what happened to him, but we fell over. And at the time we were not wearing long pants or long sleeve because it's super hot. And so we got all cut up. Luckily, no major injuries. My phone that I had in my hand and the bottle of rum (laughs) that was in my hand did not break. Our bike got all, you know, scuffed up. Our helmets got scuffed up. But uh, apart from some wounds, we were not hurt in any way, which was incredible. We moved our bike over to the side of the road. We called our friends. They came and picked us up, got everything sorted. And then as we were climbing up the stairs to get up to our apartment, we got a call from another set of friends who said, you know, our friend Brianna, she's she's in an accident. She's in an accident. And so she had a much rougher accident than we did. But because she had heard of our accident, she actually, before she left the house, decided to put on jeans, a long sleeve shirt and a cardigan. And had she not put on long sleeve shirt, cardigan, jeans, all the things, the whole front side of her body would have been ripped up. Like her skin would have been completely ripped up. So it's just so crazy how those things happen. And instead of going to that party, we decided to just hobble over to our friend Brianna's house with her boyfriend and and drink there instead and <laughs> and drink our worries away there. But, you know, we just built amazing friends. You know, a couple from our time there came to our wedding. Really important friendships were built there. Really important life experiences were there. But it just got to a point for Sam and I where what we were promised was not being received. In August, we had to get to Columbia for Sam's brother's wedding. And that was something that they promised us. And when push came to shove, when we actually had to start booking tickets and we had to, you know, figure out who's going to take over our classes, the head of the school just wasn't having a bar of it. And it just was not what we were promised. We printed out the emails where they said it was okay. You know, it just things just weren't starting to add up. And when shit started to hit the fan there, you, you could just tell that things were going a little bit sour. So during a particularly stressful day and after a particularly uneventful conversation where we didn't get where we wanted to with the head of the school or the director of the school, I got a text from Sam as I'm doing office hours. I got a text from Sam like, I'm out, I'm leaving. And it was mid, like middle of his session of his class. And I was like, wait, I don't think you can leave. You're in the middle class. He's like, watch me. And I just see him walk down the stairs. And the director of the school runs in to me and was like, Sam's leaving in the middle class. I need you to, I need you to just like keep him here. I need you to keep him here. And I was like, oh, okay. And I just like walk outside and Sam's like, no way I'm done. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. They're pushing us too far. They're not giving us what we said we needed. And so sparing you the long, long, long story, we had to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with the director of the school for a long time until eventually they we agreed on letting us go and they also agreed to pay us for the month that we already worked like that's the kind of bullshit that we were dealing with they were going to withhold our pay for the month even though we had already worked those hours so i think it just really depends on the school that you work with i know people who've had incredible experiences they loved it so much and while i can look back on this experience and be like wow that was incre- that like that was such a cool experience i can't even believe we got to live there we got to do all these things we got to make all these amazing friends It was kind of overshadowed by the promises that were made and the benefits that were part of the job that they touted and then not being able to receive those benefits or not feeling as if the time that we were working was actually being valued in any way. So it was like they gave you a set salary for the month for a set number of hours, but then they basically forced you to work more hours anyway. So 
I think it, again, it depends on the school that you're looking for. All of this to say, if you are thinking about teaching English in Thailand, there are things that you definitely need to talk about and be very, very sure about. I would definitely be talking in detail about what their PTO policy is. So while yes, you get 30 days at this school, that included public holidays and you needed to get specific specific approval ahead of time to be able to take those days and they're you know just talk ask them like what's your policy for taking days off? Are these, you know, x amount of days in PTO does that include public holidays? What's your sick policy? Make sure you have it in writing, the exact hours that you'll be working. If there's any additional hours, demand that you have additional pay. All these things, just making sure that you have it all in writing and that there's some sort of contract in place because it can get a little sneaky sometimes. It can be sneaky anywhere in the world, but especially over there. And then I would also definitely ask to speak to a current teacher that's currently working there, or maybe just do a little digging and look on the school's Instagram or Facebook and see what people are working there and then maybe reach out to them on the side and just say, hey, I'm thinking about working at the school. What do you think? Because you're probably going to get a lot more of an honest approach that way. I would still, in a heartbeat, be I would be so okay with one of my daughters going to teach English in Thailand. I would recommend to anyone who has that opportunity to go do it, not just in Thailand, but anywhere, teach English in Spain, teach English in in Indonesia, teach English anywhere, but there are definitely things in place that you need to make sure that you are aware of ahead of time and definitely speaking to people who have have experience of being over there for sure. And current experience too, because things can change really quickly, you know, with different admin, different directors. So having like a current teacher working there, being able to speak to them one-on-one is, is so important. And so the beautiful thing about us leaving this job to teach English in Thailand was that we really had nowhere to go. We weren't, we didn't have a job to go back to in Australia. We didn't have a timeline. And so we decided to just take what we've built online. At the time I had been building my blog. I had a couple of freelance clients and Sam was also building a blog at the same time. And this was really, this was in 2015. So blogging's still a thing then, but it wasn't as big as what influencers and social media is now. So Working with bloggers was relatively new for hotels and excursions. And so we had gotten some really beautiful partnerships. We partnered with the Four Seasons in Chiang Mai. We partnered with all these different excursions throughout Thailand. There was different hotels in Vietnam. We went on a dive operator in Vietnam. So it was a really cool experience to be able to take what we had been building on the side while we were in Thailand and be able to apply it to our travels. And instead of just staying in one spot in Thailand, And just being kind of limited to those areas around Southern Thailand, which was beautiful that we got to explore, but tick, we've done it. Then we got to take it on the road and travel in a way that felt really good for us. Spend a week in Chiang Mai, go down to Laos and spend a month in Laos. We took a train from Ho Chi Minh all the way up to Hanoi and stopped in different areas for a month. We went all over the place and we kind of got to decide as we met people on the road, they'd be like, hey, go check out this cave system in Phang Nha in in Vietnam, go check out this tubing down in the 4,000 islands in Laos. It was just cool to be able to flow with our travels rather than being so regimented with our weekends off. So we got the best of both worlds, really. We got about three or four months working in Thailand, and then we got about six or eight months being able to flow and travel in the way that felt really good for us while also building skills online. I worked with the Bucket List Bombshells who had a program, a course to teach you how to work online and travel the world. They now have you know, tons of other courses that help you build skills and navigate the online remote working world. 
And there's just so many resources out there now. So I am just, this was a really fun experience for me to be able to reflect upon and get back in that mindset. It feels so long ago, but it was only really eight years ago. I'm still in contact with people who we met through that experience, through teaching together. And yeah, I mean, I feel like if you have the opportunity and the desire to go teach anywhere in the world, it is an incredible opportunity to get your lodging paid for, have built-in friends when you're there, get paid while you're working. You just have to be really clear about what are the pros and cons, the benefits that they're offering, getting really clear the nitty-gritty of how you receive those benefits. Do you actually want to work work? (laughs) Because teaching is work. Whether you're in Thailand or whether you're in Florida, it's work. And so I think that was something that we didn't necessarily wrap our heads around was, oh, yeah, this is a all day, five day a week job. This isn't just, you know, a fun little gig that we're doing. This is actually part of a career path. And so that's something that you just have to keep in consideration for sure. So if you have any questions about Thailand or any questions about teaching in Thailand, please reach out to me. I'd love to be able to answer what I know or point you in the right direction with friends who are currently still teaching over there. There's some incredible schools in Chiang Mai and Bangkok and Phuket, like I, in the Green School in Bali. I have friends all over the world still teaching. It's, it is it, it is their career. And so if you have any questions or you're interested in it, please reach out and I'll be happy to point you in the right direction. As this episode airs, we're actually coming to the tail end of our five weeks through Southeast Asia. So I'm really excited to go back and be able to visit a lot of the places that we first got to experience together. Sam and I, we got to experience that together in 2015 and 2018 and bringing the girls along with us. So stay tuned for that recap of the past five weeks. And yeah, we'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Transform with Travel podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode of inspiration, adventure, and exploration. If you felt inspired by this episode, please rate and review in whatever streaming app you're listening from. This allows us to spread the word even more and continue to serve up weekly doses of adventure. As always, we'd love if you could share the episode with someone in your life who you think will benefit from this conversation. Thanks so much for listening. This is your reminder to get out there and keep on exploring.